Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one final page a day. Could you believe it? It seems like only yesterday we started studying Tractate Ktubot together. And Tractate Ktubot, we hardly knew ya, and yet today comes a time to say goodbye. To take measure of everything that we've learned, all the things that we've talked about over the last weeks and months, all the things that this delightful tractate of the Talmud taught us. So on this show, when we say goodbye to a tractate or hello to a new one, when we need to sum things up, when we need clarity, wisdom, and brilliance, we call one man and one alone. He is our very own teacher and guide through the thicket of delightful Talmudic journey. Rabbi David Bashevkin, how are you, my friend? Liel, what an absolute joy to be speaking with you today to wrap up what is considered to be one of the most densely packed tractates in all of Talmud. Like if you get through Kisubot, then you like you, you basically did a tour of all of the major topics that come up in the Talmud. But I I imagine that a lot of people are leaving this tractate with like almost like a curiosity or almost being perplexed in a way because, you know, there's this beautiful story at, which really highlights the conundrum of this tractate where, you know, you go into a lot of homes, Jewish homes, and you'll notice that people have a custom to hang their kasuba on the wall. First thing you see when you enter mine. It's a lovely custom. It dates centuries. It goes back nearly a thousand years. There's a phenomenal scholar named Shalom Sabar. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And you could go online and check out. He has these wonderful coffee table books that collect old kasubos from different communities, how they decorated them artistically. And there was once this charming story where somebody asked, you know, a more serious, very Talmudic rabbi, and he asked him, should I hang up my kasuba on on my wall in my house? And the rabbi kind of looked at him because he's like a very serious, very legalistic thinker. And he said, well, are you accustomed to hang up all of your shtaros, which is Aramaic for financial (laughs) documents, on your wall? Like, are you hanging up the deed to your home? Are you hanging up contracts? The kasuba, although we kind of treasure it and we decorate it artistically, if you've been paying attention through this tractate and you actually read what is inside the kasuba, you could be left wondering why is this such a prized object in Jewish home that, so to speak, encapsulates the marriage? It doesn't have the vows that we're used to seeing on television dearly beloved to have and to hold we, we don't have those words in the kasuba the kasuba is very strict you know responsibilities between the spouses about how monetarily financially what property is going to be given to the marriage there's kind of something very mundane about it yet the way that we preserve it in our homes has this very artistic and poetic quality. And there's a dissonance between the concept in our minds and what hangs in our walls of what we think of the kasuba and what it actually is when we finish learning this tractate. 
And I think more than anything else, what's so strange about the Ksuba is that all, nearly all of the obligations that are detailed in the Ksuba are not even just the obligations during the marriage. They're obligations of what the spouse owes the other spouse if the marriage falls apart, if there's divorce, if there's death. What do you owe that other spouse? That's like, that is not, is that something you want hanging on your wall? It seems very almost bleak, not just mundane. But I think after journeying through this tractate, you actually get a closer vision of what the Jewish concept of love is all about. And this is what I wrote in the closing essay that I always love. It's one of the great joys of my life that we publish on tablet at the end of every tractate, a reflection of the underlying concepts. And as you get ready to read, of course, now is the time for everyone to take a quick pause Go to your computer, your phone, or wherever you read for pleasure and enlightenment uh, and look up Rabbi Bashevkin's essay on tabletmag.com. It's really one of the great joys. And I wrote as follows in this closing essays on Kisubot. The Ksuba is a far cry from the happily ever after that usually concludes fairy tales, but the Jewish concept of love is different. It's concerned not with romance, but with responsibility. The sort forged by common obligations, daily rituals, the pedestrian commitments that preserve a marriage on a dreary cold day when no one has taken out the garbage yet. It's the responsibility that is told through the shopping list displayed on the fridge and commitments that motivate you to get out of bed to refill your spouse's water bottle. The kasuba is deliberately banal because enduring love only emerges through actual commitments. After the ever after, the kasuba preserves that foundational love concretized during the wedding, but amortized through the responsibilities and duties over the course of the entire relationship. And that is why the enduring love of Jewish marriage, as sacredly concretized within the Ksuba, deliberately focuses on what happens after the marriage. Because a part of Jewish love is the love that extends beyond the loving relationship. And something about the modern world of love and dating makes this form of love even more valuable and important to foster. I think we see this, and I discussed this in the essay, with this notion of ghosting, that people dissolve relationships in a heartbeat with no responsibilities, with no communications back, and the relationship like just disappears into thin air, and we gaslight one another like we're wondering if it ever happened. The material seriousness of Jewish love and marriage is concretized through the ksuba because it can't just disappear. It doesn't allow ghosting because there are real financial responsibilities that endure even following the relationship, which shows you how real the relationship is so long as it endures and so long as it's going. And I think in many ways, Ksubos is not just the relationship between spouses. In many ways, it's the relationship between the Jewish people and God, between us and God. 
We all have seen what relationships with God look like without the enduring responsibility of the proverbial kasuba. A relationship without a kasuba exists so long as it's convenient and fun. Without a kasuba, we may have Shabbos, but just as long as it isn't too onerous or comes at a bad time. We may have prayer, but just as long as we have enough free time and the synagogue isn't too far away. Without a kasuba, every relationship, even the ones we have with the Creator, of the universe runs the risk of fading away once things are no longer hunky-dory, convenient and comfortable, and gratifying. But throw in our binding contract and everything changes. Because the ksuba doesn't end with a happily ever after. It ends with the much more soothing phrase, hakol sharir v'kayam, which is Hebrew, for every, really Aramaic, for everything is valid and enduring. It's a fitting testament to the lengths of Jewish love, a love beyond love, a love even when you don't feel in love, a love that can't just disappear, but endures through commitment and responsibility, enduring that is ever after. Rabbi David Beshevkin, as always, Thank you so much for being our guide on this journey. And we will see you tomorrow to start a brand new tracting. My absolute pleasure. Hadran Allah Meseches Ksubos Fahadra Khalan. We shall return to you the tractate Ksubos, and you, God willing, will return to us. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.